Welcome to Away From The Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. I mean, do we want to say, hey, where have we been the last two years? <laughs> two years is a long time. Has it really been two years? Our last recording was March of 2018. Wow. So a little bit over two years. So two and a little bit. Um, yeah, why not? Let's <laughs> let's talk about it. It's kind of one of those, like, where have you been? Right? We thought you were dead kind of thing. Well, but I, I guess. I mean, are we dead? I don't know. It, it, well, we thought it, the show was dead. Not us as people. I was, was going to say, <laughs> it's been touch and go here over the last couple months. Jeez. Yeah, not not us as people, but oh, we thought the show was dead. I didn't think you're doing it anymore. It's funny because as we um, we go to different events, and you know, I just randomly see folks at different places, or even just on Twitter. Yeah, and they'd ask, "Oh, hey, like I heard this thing on the internet. Like, are you still doing this? Like, oh, and I found this. Oh, I heard your episode with this person. Oh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, are you doing this anymore?" And for that entire time that we weren't recording, at least once a month, somebody would ask me about the show. And you would message me after every time someone would do that. Oh, by the way, I heard someone so asked, where's the show? <laughs> right. I'm like, yo, we should do this at some point. <laughs> like, we should come back and we should figure this out. Um, so I guess we figured it out. We're going we're gonna to try and, and get back to some sense of regular cadence. Um, probably not as much as before, but you know, some no, no. sense of regular cadence and what, and once a week. Out. Once a week was tough. Once a, once a week was tough because you know, not only did we have to find a guest, we had to schedule the guest, we had to record with the guest, which typically took over an hour, uh, and then we had to um, edit everything down. And because the way we edit, it just takes longer than than some of your other interview podcasts, right? I think for both of us, life looks very different than it did oh my. two years ago. Huge. And I remember you and I were talking about this, you know, off the record. And I'm like, I don't have four hours to just like edit, you know, like there's recording yeah. and then there's editing and then there's publishing and then there's other things. Like I don't have four hours to edit in, you know, every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're definitely going to have to figure out some some other stuff. Like we could we could pay for an editor. But you know, I'd love to. I'd love for a sponsor to pay for the editor, and not us for to pay for the editor. It, it would all be great, you know. That all that stuff would be nice, you know. But I mean, as we stands right now, this is a, a labor of love, and you know, we're putting our own time and effort and money into it, uh, of which we're we're still paying for stuff, right? I mean, you know, just because we haven't recorded anything or put anything out, we still had to pay things, you know. <laughs> As right. as the the years you know rolled on, so we've still been keeping up on you know the website up and things like that. But um, yeah, you know it's 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 a it's tough, you know, and it, and it's been in you know there's other personal stuff that I think that really made us stop recording everything. Yeah, again, life for both of us looks very very different. So let's so let's let's take people back because I'm sure everyone's like, what are they talking about or what happened or. You know, like what's this like thing that, you know, this event that they're mentioning? So I could say for me, you know, within the past two years, at least my, my, I think both my work life and my social life is a little bit different, right? Yep. So, you know, just about two years ago, like I changed jobs. I'm working for a different company now. And, and because of that, at least pre-corona anyway, 
we were traveling a lot, right? I spent a lot of time in airports and in a plane and, you know, going here and there, whatever the case is. Do you want to um, say who you work for now? Or I mean, I guess I could. I mean, it's not a secret. It's, it's like not a secret. On, it's on my LinkedIn profile. Um, I have LinkedIn too. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn's a thing? Never had Jeez. one of those things. I had to get one of those because of a work thing. But anyway, um, I started working at Microsoft a couple of years ago, you know, as a developer advocate, which, you know, along with a job comes with a little bit of travel. You know, not as crazy for me as some people think, but um, definitely more than you know, once a month um, for, for a little bit. So again, I have a lot of downtime like on planes and stuff like that. But, you know, I've actually tried working on a plane and for me, it does not work. Yeah. Like I will it's go hard. to sleep. I, yeah. I'm going to sleep, man. Like I even bought a Nintendo Switch, right? Like so two years ago, I bought a Nintendo Switch specifically for when I travel in the airport. Because I'm like, you know, it's easier to pull out a switch than to like pull out an entire laptop. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I pull the switch out. I go to sleep. <laughs> right? So I'm like, mm. this is just not meant to be. I should just sleep and get rest. And whenever I get to wherever I'm going, I'll be like recharged and ready to go. Like, I'm not going to fight myself to stay awake to play like this device. I do play it more at home. And obviously now we're all, you know, social distancing and whatnot. So there's definitely a lot of switching happening. But, you know... Again, when whenever that first kicked off, um, that wasn't going on either. So that was one thing, right? Like like work time was different, um, and also too, my personal life is a little bit different now too, right? Because like me and my son's mom, we're not together anymore, so we had to go through that process, right? And then so that was a little bit of a that was more of a a mental shift than anything else, yeah. Right. So it's like the new job was a like a scheduling and a physical shift. Right, because I'm at different places and I'm doing different things, and then like the separation was a mental shift, because now like your your family structure looks very different, right, from what you're used to, you know. And obviously, like I, you know, we have a seven year old son, and we gotta we had to take care of him first, right? Like, so what right. does that mean for him? And like, what does it mean for school? What does it mean for, you know, like what's his permanent address, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like when you go on his school form, you like you have to have a primary address like like what what is that like what does that mean and it also to just making sure that he's okay with everything and stuff like that and um suffice to say like kids are you know people always say kids are more resilient than you think they are and and it sounds cliche but it is so true you know i think as parents sometimes we worry more than we should which you know is not necessarily a bad thing but then we're always surprised when it was like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> okay, I right. guess, I guess, I guess I'm more messed up than he is. Maybe I'm the one that I need to go get therapy or something like that. So that was two years, right? In in a nutshell. And you know, things are pretty stable now. You know, both at work and personally. But I think now we're dealing with like some different issues, right? But we could talk about those little those issues later. You know, they they say anytime that you have a a life change like a death or a separation slash divorce. I mean, those are some of the most stressful things that you could possibly go through in, in, in times in your life, you know? And so, you know, taking a step back and, you know, from say, hey, I'm only going to deal with the, the important stuff right now. My kid, getting the life back in order, you know? I mean, even simple things like who's making dinner, you know, is, 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 it's, it's on you now. So, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard stuff, man. I mean, we don't plan. And it's stuff that you don't plan for. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not easy. And I remember prior to that happening, and we might have mentioned it once or twice in passing, 
But I was like, we should have our podcast or an episode that talks about relationships with software developers. Because mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting to hear about. Um, and not in a like comedic way or anything like that. But I do think the types of relationships that we have, you know, intimately and work-wise or whatever, are a little bit different to other people to some regard. <clears throat> Mainly because like we work different. Our times are a little bit different. Yeah. You know, the way that we process information and you know the way we receive and give it back is a little bit different i could definitely say it's it's not for everyone you know and i'm not just speaking about my particular case but i've i've seen examples right i have other friends that are in the industry as well and have seen you know the goods and the bad sides of that also so i think it'll be an interesting conversation to have particularly when we talk about transitioning forward right like how do you move forward into a sense of you know normalcy I mean, that would, that would be interesting to see if there's anything different because all I know is from a software developer perspective because that's what I am, <laughs> you know? If there would be any differences between personal relationships between a software developer and anyone else. Not not sure. Don't know. Yeah. I know a lot of my friends that are software developers that have been in and out of relationships. You know, the main thing has always been time, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes, depending on type of work you do, who you work for, whatever your schedule is, sometimes it's hard to have like a deterministic schedule, right? Right. Um, it's hard to be like, oh, the server went down and I have to work Saturday night. Well, we were supposed to go out Saturday night. I'm like, we gotta, I, I got to do this thing, right? Like you have to. Yeah. Because when Monday morning comes and your, your, your stuff isn't working, like that's a problem <laughs> for a, yeah, lot, a exactly. lot more people than just you, right? And and sometimes that happens. Sometimes people have to be on call, right? And that's and that's uncomfortable. When you're on call and you're at home, and someone sees you at home, not quote unquote, not doing anything, and you're just waiting. Sometimes you get the hey, did you just want to get out of this thing with me? Did you really not want to come spend time with me? Did you really not right. want to hang out? And you're literally just like, I'm literally sitting here waiting for someone to call me to let me know if the house is burning down or not. Like that is literally what I'm doing right now. You're randomly on your your phone, your tablet, or whatever, checking, whatever your ticketing system, checking your dashboards or whatever. It's literally like spending whatever your allotted time period is looking for problems. And some people don't understand that. As simple as that, like some sometimes like that comes off the wrong way, and it's a hard thing to explain. Yeah, I, re- I remember when um, I've been married for over twenty years now. Um, it does, man. That, that sounds that sounds like I'm old. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> really man. Yeah. Thank you. I think, uh, <laughs> but I remember when 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 Lucy and I were dating and we were getting pretty serious, still talking about uh, marriage and stuff like that. I was working for a consulting company, and literally six days a week, I was gone. I was at the client site, and we were working somewhere between sixteen to twenty hours a day. I mean, this th- crazy amount of hours, and you know, I recall. I had a tickets to Les Mis and we were, I was supposed to get on a plane. So the next day I could go take Lucy to go see Les Mis. And my boss at the client site said, no, you can't go. I need you here for the weekend. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And you know, he had no remorse, whatever he goes, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll reimburse you for the tickets, whatever. And I'm like, right. Is this, is this the kind of life that I want to live? Is yeah. is is this where I want to be, and kind of shaped my my mindset where 
I needed to put family first. And that's really hard in our environment. And not to say that there's been loads of time in my career where I had to be at work. And, you know, there's been plenty of project sense, time sensitive stuff where you're, you're there 16 hours a day, you sleep at home and then you're out the door before everyone wakes up. Right. And you just have to understand that, you know, Hey, look, this isn't going to be forever. And your your significant other is going to have to understand that this is only a short period of time. And then you have to keep that because it's not sustainable if you're not home for six months and the next project happens and you're not home for another six months. And I agree. I totally agree with you, right? Like it's not sustainable long-term at all. And that's why it's so important for us as technologists to become better communicators with our partners. Yeah. Right. Like we always talk about communication and like, let's do a scrum thing and let's write down the PBIs and blah, 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 blah. Well, this is different, right? Like this is a different type of communication that we're talking about. We need to to have that a little bit of empathy for for what our families are going through in our absence. And then also to just, you know, you got to be reassuring. You got to be like, hey, well, we have a plan, right? You know, hopefully we have a plan, right? <laughs> but we have a plan and there's going to be a rough spot. It might be a financial rough spot. It might be an emotional rough spot. Whatever they get, whatever the case is, there'll be a rough spot or two. But eventually we'll get to a place where things will be a little bit better. But you got to talk about it. And even if you talk about it one time, you got to keep talking about it all the time. Exactly. And I can tell you, at least for technologists, and I, I could say this because I am one, at least for technologists, we don't like repeating stuff over and over and over again, right? That's why we have for loops. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't. Because our mind is just like, we'll just do it. And then we move on and then we talk about the next problem, right? We, work, right? we work on the next issue. But we don't like to continuously have the same conversation. But when it comes to our families, this is where we have to make like that exception from our regular, you know, from the regular way that we process information. Like we have to open up, we have to get a little emotional, we have to talk about these things so that we can make sure that we're always on the same page. We're doing this together. You take the kids this day, I take the kids that day. You go shopping this week, I go shopping this week. I'm not gonna be home for two weeks. Are we gonna be okay? Again, financially and emotionally. Because obviously, most of the time, our significant others, they have jobs too, right? Like they have their own goals and they have their own things that they want to talk about and things that they want to achieve. And so, again, that communication is important because you got to make sure as much as we can that there's some level of, there's some equal footing there. So speaking of rough spots and uh, two years ago of the podcast you know, not being recorded, uh, we ran into a rough spot. We had a leak in our house. Um, this happened in December of 2017. And as we had plumbers out here looking at it, uh, they started looking at the rest of our plumbing pipes. And it turns out that after about 50 years, plumbing pipes tend to rust out if they're not plastic. <laughs> so Uh-oh. Uh, we had cast iron pipes and they were rusting out. And, we had, and because of the water leak, we had a lot of water damage. So we had a choice. Do we replace the pipes now or not? So we had the pipes placed. Now that meant we needed to be out of the house for about four months, uh, which was okay. Um, so we moved out of the, everything out of the house, moved everything into storage, and moved in with my parents, which are luckily for us five blocks down the street. Four months turned into 
12 months. Wow. So, and, and mind you, I work from home and Lucy homeschools. So we were packed in pretty tightly. Now, I, I will say this, it couldn't have gone any better or any smoother. But, you know, when you have, when your your kid comes back with their family and they have their own way of doing things, even down to the meals they cook, right, is different. And you have a way of doing things for the past 20 years uh, since the kid left. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You know, th- there, there, were, there were tensions that, 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 that get there. And, and e- even in the political ideology that we, we just could not discuss and, and things and whatnot. So I'm grateful for my parents, you know, but it was a, a stressful time because, you know, you're spending a lot of time with, with family and in tight quarters and there's nobody has their own personal space. You know, we were sharing one bathroom for the four of us. And and it, it just wasn't and plus the five cats, you know. Oh, I so, forgot about your cats. Yeah, yeah. So we all were shoved in. Now the girls had their own room and we had our own room, so we we were blessed there. It's not like everybody was sardined into one room, you know. Right. But you know, I had a corner of the living room, so I could work. And you know, all the kids' schoolwork was kind of everywhere. It felt like we kind of invaded my parents' home, which I kind of felt bad about, you know. And, but that was, we had to figure it out. And something that was supposed to take four months takes a year of which I'm looking at my closet and I still don't have closet doors, but I had no quiet place to record. It it wasn't there because there was people in and out all the time. There was no door I could close or anything. So, so that was a, a, a huge stress, not only financial, but from a interpersonal communication type thing. And, you know, sometimes it was just like, ugh. I remember why I moved out now. <laughs> as you're as you're like explaining that whole situation, I'm just thinking, I'm just counting on my fingers. Like there's so many things to unpack there. Right? <laughs> there's there's obviously there's a house, right? There's the house and the inconvenience of moving out of the house, the inconvenience of the financial burden and the time to deal with repairs and all that type of, of stuff. There's moving out than living with your parents, which I'm sure, you know, I love my parents too, but you know, I got, I got limits, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then also too, is just the, just the frustration of how long it takes like four months and 12 months are not the same. Yeah. Be- because they're not even close. Yeah. Because it didn't start at four months and then say, Oh no, we're going to need another, you know, they're eight. No, it was four months. Then it was six months and then it was seven and then it was eight and then, you know, and then nine and, and it was just like, oh, come on now. And because we were so close, I was constantly over here, right? Okay, what they do today? What is this? And, and, and taking pictures and documenting and things like that. And so when they weren't over for a week, and now you're on the phone and you're angry and it's like, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like, well, I couldn't get anybody out. There was, you know, when we had this and this. And it's like, it, it's all logical, reasonable stuff. But, you know, from a software perspective, you know, that's not good enough. I mean, because we're always working forward, 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 and it's not like, oh, I just didn't have a guy to 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 do the elect- electrical stuff today. What 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 does that mean? What? <laughs> yeah, like when we look at software, at least when like we're we're tackling a very particular problem in software, we usually have an idea of like the stuff that we need. I need metrics because I need to log stuff, and 
I probably need a database and I probably need like a UI thing, depending on what I'm doing or like some type of like interface. Right. And then we break those down into their like very specific parts. Now, I don't know anything about building houses or construction no. or anything like that. And I still don't. But I could, but I could imagine that this is a solved problem in my head. <laughs> right. This is like, you know what I mean? Like I figure, you know, folks have blueprints and they have plans and they have probably some investigation that goes on before they give you an estimate in my head that's what i think so if someone's going to tell me based on my years of experience as a a contractor or a a construction a constructor of houses that is going to be four months and you take 12 i gotta ask like what what happened man what was going on this whole time you know like did you not see these things did you not know about these things like as you know cecil but you know the our audience may not i i'm a project management professional, right? So I was certified by PMP uh, and went through the whole litany to get that whole certification done, right? Safe to say, I don't use it anymore, right? Or I've used it very little because I work for a small shop and I don't need to use uh, huge project management tools, right? Anymore. I don't have no need for that. That being said, their planning sucked. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, where's your, you know, how's the risk for this and that? And, you know, there was, there wasn't even any, you know, Gantt chart for anything, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, how do you guys do this again? You know, it's just, but anyway, you know, kind of moving on. Uh, the other thing that, that has happened is my daughter started playing club soccer. And not only that, but it turns out that she's, pretty decent at it and we've been so we've been traveling a fair bit so that she could get training on soccer and so we've been kind of living in the soccer world for like the last two plus years and this is her world now her world is now soccer i mean that is 100 what all her effort goes into she's training every day we were traveling all the way up from miami to broward which is about an hour drive just so she could do training we've left one club because they weren't doing the right things by her. We've gone up to Orlando many, many times so that she could train with a former U.S. men's national team player, Eddie Johnson, who is amazing and wonderful and just trains kids. And just to have her in his environment training with the best kids in the country is amazing. But that's a lot of time. Right. Because I just can't go and drop her off. You know, I we've got to sit there and we've got to have her do her training and have her sit practice or go to a game that's an hour and a half or two hours away. And right. it's it's not something, again, that I planned for when she started doing rec soccer when she was two. It wasn't my dream to have her play professional or play in college that 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 never crossed my mind and even now it's like um, i tell her honey you need to go out there and train because being a professional soccer player or playing for college is not my dream i could care less <laughs> okay yeah. that's not that's not what i want my plans are for you it's and this is what you want to do and if you want to do something you need to work at it and unfortunately for what you've chosen to do very few people do it which means you need to be better than everyone else right now. Right. So just being in that world and of competitive soccer and getting to know the players and, you know, not, not the actual players, but the, the different clubs and, and whatnot. Right. And it's just been 
drag. I didn't know that I had to be my own daughter's manager, which essentially is what <laughs> I am. You know, uh, we were we were looking for a new club even back in May. This was, and I was getting calls from all of these clubs from Broward and Dade, and I'm like, how? What? Huh? <laughs> I mean, I just she just she's ten. She just wants to play for a good club, and I just want her with a coach that will develop her. Like I don't even need wins, right? I just want her to develop. That's all because it's what right. she wants. So you know, there's probably some some soccer parents right now that are just giggling at me right now because I've I've just I've I've heard things, I've seen things, and it's like a doggy dog world. It's it's really insane, you know. And I've seen some stuff in corporate America and some underhanded backstabbing BS. But man, this soccer stuff, it feels like politics. It really does. So as you've been going through, like I've seen you post pictures online and videos on Instagram and, you know, about all this cool stuff that your daughter's doing. And I'm looking at it like, I can't even imagine how much different that life must be. And, you know, maybe at some point too, we could actually do like an away from the keyboard for parents with like athletic kids. I think that'd be an interesting conversation to have. You know, it must be something like like something different has to like click in your brain. Like when your child starts to excel in sports. At least for me, it's not something that I do for a living. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. Uh, I don't know the business side of that, right? Um, or the implications of it. Um, you know, I when I was a kid, like I swam, I was a swimmer, like I swam different competitions and stuff like that. Like swimming isn't like a business, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no yeah, <laughs> super, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless you go to Olympics, like swimming is not a business versus like football and soccer and basketball and even golf, right? And, and all these other things. It's it's just kind of amazing to to kind of see like as our kids develop. I remember when I met your daughter actually for the first time. And I think it was at Code on the Code on the Beach. Code on the Beach in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, your whole family was there. So your wife yep. and your and your children were there. And obviously they were much younger. <laughs> the they were much younger. years ago. Oh, by the way, it was so were we. Years ago. <laughs> I was I mean, I didn't have as much gray hair as I do now, so for sure. <laughs> But then, you know, I'm paying attention, right? Like I'm seeing, you know, the videos you post or whatever. And I'm like, wow, like life is moving, right? And, you yeah. know, like yeah. we're getting older. The kids are getting older. And the kids are not even just getting older, but I feel like they're evolving, right? Like it's it's different to just say, oh, okay, well, you know, she's she's four feet tall today. She's five feet tall today. Like it's not even just that, but like they're mentally evolving and they're changing in a world that that we didn't grow up in. Yeah. Right. And so we have to kind of look at that very differently. Um but yeah, it's been amazing oh, to see. To be honest with you, yeah, and you know, and 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 in the last two years, she's just grown so much. I mean, and it's it, it's it's a function of hard work, and and I and I see it, and you know, she's put just more effort than her teammates, and so she's become better, and and she outgrew her team. Essentially, that's what happened, and there was some jealousy in there amongst the parents and stuff like, and that and it's like, well, you know, I have got to really pull my kid just to get the practice. Meanwhile, it's 8 a.m. I'm not even out of bed yet. My daughter's in the garage and she's been working for an hour, right? I, I, I can't even do that for myself. So as a parent, I just want to give her the most opportunities as possible, right? right. Whether she succeeds sure. or failed, that's not my point. But I just want to give her the best opportunity 
as possible. And if that means that I have to go spend a week in Orlando so that she could train with one of the top trainers in the country, then I'm going to do that. And it's not like that she goes up there and she shines. She goes up there and literally gets the crap kicked out of her. And then she's like, okay, when are we coming back? <laughs> that, that's, that's passion that I could not teach her. And I also feel like that's our job as, as parents. Like that's what we're supposed to do. Right? Like even though we don't understand certain things or relate to certain things, like we still have to be able to support our kids and our families. I think through that, that's where that's where you'll develop that bond, right? Because now you're both learning something new, right? Like you're both in this new space and this new, you know, category, and you're both absorbing this information. And so now whenever whatever happens in the future, like you'll always be able to come back and look at this moment and be like, hey, remember when this happened? And I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to say. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many life lessons that she's learning now at 10. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, I didn't learn that till I was about 20, 21. <laughs> right. What do you mean I got to work hard to, to graduate college? That's what? That's strange. I thought I could just sit here and like, what was that? Like press C or click A or whatever for all my multiple yeah. choice answers. You know, I must high get, school, at least I get a 60%. I didn't have to do anything for high school. Why do I got to work now? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think we're officially back. Like we're recording. So. so I think that means we're officially back. What do you think folks can expect going forward from, from the show? Uh, more the same, I'm, I'm hoping, because I, I thought that we were hitting a really good note. In not as many uh, episodes in, in a month. I think we're targeting every other week. So if we hit that cadence, I think we're doing really, really well. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, but but we've already started talking and and throwing together names, and getting some really interesting people on, and and hopefully we'll be able to pull some interesting stuff out, and not having to hear about React or Node or Go or anything like that, but just getting behind the person like we we always try to do. Yep, exactly. It's it's about the people behind the technology and not the technology itself. So that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna focus on. So I hope. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you've been a longtime listener, we appreciate that you st stuck around and are still Word. here two years later after after that little bit of a, a gap that we had. And we promise it's just going to be, like Richie said, a lot more of the same, right? A lot of just more authentic, raw, real, away from the keyboard content. Yeah. So be safe out there and peace. We want to thank you for listening to Away From The Keyboard. As a reminder, we will have new episodes each and every week. You can interact with us on Twitter at AFTK Podcast or at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Hasta luego.
like half of my house. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten into the voice stuff yet. I just it's a little creepy for me. Some parts of it freak me out a little bit, but like I'm also really lazy, is what I realize <laughs> about myself. Um, and when I can be like Alexa, turn off all the lights in the house, and I don't have to like go in the living room or go in the kitchen, and you know, like that's great. Fan turns off the Xbox, turns off the TV, like that's. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Jeez. So. Anyway. So what did you have to do to get all that set up? I mean, all the lights and stuff. It's just bulbs. I have Philips Hue bulbs. Oh, okay. Um, so some of them were like birthday and Christmas presents from folks. And then mm -hmm. I bought a batch of maybe like four bulbs. Um, I have the I have the hubless bulbs, right? So they don't, they don't need like, you know, right. a thing to control them. Um, they're all Wi-Fi enabled. Um, yeah, and it's really just all bulbs. I have bulbs and I have one power outlet that I installed just for the mm -hmm. Christmas tree because the Christmas tree always goes in the same place. Mm -hmm. And um, Cameron likes to say, you know, turn on the Christmas tree. But that was it. Um, Voila! The, the, like, the Xbox and stuff comes with Alexa functionality in it. So it's not like I just turned it on and I flipped the switch and it kind of worked. But, um, you know, I didn't get an Xbox this cycle or PS4. No, no, I sat it out. I don't know how I feel about the new ones. I'm not. I'm. I don't know. The new PlayStation looks like literally something out of like an anime, like comic series. It me. it it does. <clears throat> but if you know, I I I'm we're Switch, right? So that's kind of the the console we got this cycle. But I think I'm leaning PS Five. I mean, the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. You know what's funny mm. is that is the reason that we got the PlayStation 4 last year. Right. So, so I, I never had one before. And a buddy of mine was selling his for like 100 bucks. Oh, perfect. And I was like, well, I'm only getting it for like this one game. Right. Um, so fine, I could do 100 bucks. And then I think at the time... The game itself, like the Spider-Man game, was on sale for like twelve dollars. I'm like, what? oh, great! So I could do it. Well, because I'm getting these things like old. You know what I mean? The PlayStation yeah, yeah, yeah. Four yeah. is like what, like seven six, years old? Seven years old, something like that. Yeah. And then the Spider-Man game itself is already like two or three years old. So yeah. I just, you know, I just never, I was never there when it actually happened. So I'm getting this, all these things super cheap, and so me and Cameron played through both of them. Well, played through it on. Easy and I think easy on his account, and then I think whatever the next one is up is normal or right superhero or whatever on my account. And we loved it. We loved it all the way through. And it's funny because the first thing Cameron said was, "Oh, Daddy, I hope they do a Miles Morales game." Aha! And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." And this is obviously long before they announced anything. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, right? And, you know, so said, so done, man. My son is a, you know, he's a clairvoyant, apparently. You know, I'm still kicking myself in the head for not getting the uh, Air Jordan 1 Spider-Man kicks that released, I think, about a year and a half ago. Oh, oh, I remember those. I know those, the ones yeah. that you're talking about. 
Yeah, yeah, with the clear blue bottoms, and then you know, yeah. Uh, I, I, and I look at them now. I'm like, damn, why didn't I? So because I lost out on that, and that has become a grail now. Um, yeah. I, I missed out last December on the Kaepernick Air Force One lows. So I've been watching it on StockX, right? Since about January, I'd pop in, you know, every two weeks or so to see how I was doing. And I said, you know, when that, it was about 150. And I said, you know what, when that goes down to 130, I'm going to pick them up, right? And that was through the the quarantine. I was watching it, all that stuff. And then the Black Lives Matter things dropped. And that thing went. (laughs) Really did it. So I'm like, when, when it hit 200, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get it. <laughs> not so, the direction you were hoping for. but Not the know. direction I was... Uh, so I'm like, okay, I better get it now. So I go and get it, and then guess what? It drops. No, StockX canceled my order. So something oh. happened on the seller side, and it canceled my order. And I'm like, oh, no. So guess what happens then? I uh, A week later, I had it goes up to 250 And I'm like... Oh, that's crazy. So I bought it for 250 <laughs> So I'm I'm hoping that they come next week. I'm hoping because those I, I know those things are just fly as heck. You know, and and it just and that just taught me is like if there's a pair of shoes that you like and they drop, just buy them. Just get them. Yeah. Just get them. Yep. You know what? Yep. And if you see them out the outlet later. You, you you took an L, but you have the pair of shoes that you want. Yep. You know, so that happened this weekend. Um, there were a pair of uh, Foot Locker specials. It was um, the Air Max 90s, but it was, it was the Galaxy, and it had like a whole bunch of space stuff. You know, I'm a kind of a space nutty anyway. So that dropped, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to get it. I'm going to see if I can hit it up at the outlet, right? Because, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. And, and we're there at the outlet all the time. Not for me. But because my daughter, who keeps growing and growing and growing and needing soccer shoes, literally like you know every other month, because she because yeah, she burns through them, she burns through them. I mean, they're 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 almost paper. They're 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 light and they're thin. They're almost paper, and <laughs> and they just she just you know all of a sudden it's either they're too tight, right, or I've destroyed them, and so she's got like three or four pairs of cleats. I mean, it's it's you know, and if I go to the outlet, I could get a pair of like. Two hundred dollar cleats for sixty bucks, right? So I mean, I so the price of one, I could buy three, and so that's kind of what we do. Yeah, I mean that totally makes sense. Particularly like you said, she's gonna she's gonna run through those things like nothing. Oh my! She wears them every day. She wears them every day. So you know, those things drop. I look at them and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get them. I'm not gonna get them. Like I'm not gonna get the galaxies. That's all right. That's all right. I check back an hour later, and they're sold out. I'm like, damn. I had a shot and I should have got them. Damn it. Right. I check back an hour later and they have my size and I'm like, okay, I'm buying them. I'm getting them. So yeah, you just got to go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, being a sneaker head is hard because it's just, it's just drop after drop after drop. And you know, once you like a pair, it's like, Oh, I like that pair too. And then this colorway and that colorway and all that stuff. And so it's, it's hard. <laughs> You just got to know what you like and then go for it. 
you know, I didn't realize how big sneaker culture was, like from a retail perspective. Like I, I oh, get huge. it. Like people love, yeah. you know, they're different athletes and different shoes from different eras and different styles. And I'm like, I get it, right? Because I, I could appreciate a good pair of shoes. Yeah. But then I met someone that actually makes his living off of trading shoes online. And I'm yeah. talking to him about his process. And I was just like, what in the world are you telling me? Like, this seems like it's like the ultimate hustle. Yeah. Does he go to discount stores and stuff like that? And No, nah, he, he does not. He has a whole oh, wow. automated system. Oh. Uh, and this person is not a software developer of, of any sorts. Um, yeah. He, he is an engineer, but he's not a software developer. But he has a, a whole automated system that he has bots that are out like automatically like digging for prices, right? And so he has an application and apparently you can buy these applications yeah. for trading yeah. shoes, right? Yeah. And he has this application, just sits on his desk and he sets different parameters and whatnot and it just goes and it does the work for him. Um, but it's like you have to, and the way I understand it is that like he has to get different modules for different stores. So every different source of, you know, of marketing source, whatever the case is of, of purchasing is a different module. So he has a whole bunch of these modules and he just sets parameters and he's like, go. And then the rest of the time, he's looking at the news, what's coming out, when is it coming out? Um, you know, how aggressive should I be on the price? Whatever, whatever. And and that's what he does. And wow. he, you know, he does pretty well. Like he travels the world and, yep. you know, if you, if you go through his Instagram, he's taking pictures with drones well, and doing all kinds of stuff. Well, I mean, you take a look at like there was a there was a there's a, a kick that just dropped. It was the uh, Chunky Donkeys, right? So if you don't know what the Chunky Donkeys are, the Chunky Donkey is a Ben and Jerry inspired uh, Nike Dunks, right? So they're low and they have they they look like something that Ben and Jerry would would put would put together, right? And, and they're and they're Ben and Jerry themed. So these things drop, and I think they were going for one fifty or a hundred. They they weren't very expensive at all, but literally they instantly sold out online. Oh, I'm sorry, my uh, screen saver came on. So they instantly sold out online, and immediately within the next couple hours, they were being sold online for over a thousand dollars. So as you said that, I I you know I went and searched for it. There's a pair here that I'm looking at for $2,371. Nike SB Dunk Low Ben & Jerry Chunky Dunky, $2,371. What are in these shoes, man? Does this come with ice cream? (laughs) What is is in this? There there, there are some really good documentaries online, on YouTube specifically, that oh, I can't even remember who who's doing. It. I didn't remember if it was Vice or it was Complex. It might have been Complex, but they they kind of show sneaker culture and how it evolved. I mean, look at it. And right now, we're talking about sneakers as a commodity, like we would oil or frozen concentrated orange juice. That was a forty-eight hours reference. Oh no, no, no. Oh, what was the other Eddie Murphy? It was it forty-eight hours? It was the um, train uh, places. I'm trying to remember. Train yeah, places. There you go. Yeah, because they were trading Florida or frozen concentrated orange juice. Just... <laughs> but this, uh, is, but this it, is ridiculous, though. It's it's a commodity, right? I mean, and so what these companies have have done? They said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna limit the number of 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 pairs of shoes that we put out there. And as soon as there's a limit, now you have supply and demand, 
right? It used to be before it was like, oh, I could just go to my local Foot Locker and, you know, I'm going to see the Air Jordan 5s out there for, you know, for a year until the 6s come out because that's the way they did it. Now they're just saying, oh, no, we're going to have a set amount. And they don't say how much they're going to be out there, but they're going to have a set amount and and people just jump on them, right? right. And then there you have the nostalgia factor in there and and you have this, all this other stuff. But essentially, it's fashion. It's 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 fashion and it's accessible fashion. So this is interesting. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty deep. It's so much money in this, and it's crazy oh, to man. me how it's huge. Like obviously, there's money in it, but it's like the amount of money that is in yeah. this. It is flabbergasting to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't spent more. I mean, the Kaepernick's were the most I spent on a pair of kicks, so two fifty. So I'm. I, I think that's that's my limit. But I did recently buy when they dropped uh, the Air Jordan Five Fire Reds, a pair that I had back in 1990 when I was a sophomore playing basketball. Right, um, and those cost me two hundred. They did not cost me two hundred back in nineteen ninety. But I, you know, again, imagine. that was nostalgia, right? I mean, it's like I still have the shoelaces for my original nineties. You know, I, I, that's how much I love those shoes. And so I'm like, I, I, you know, anything five come out, it's like I got to get them. It's, those, those, that's my jam. So then I have to ask you, when these. So when you buy these shoes, do you actually wear them or are these like collectible items for you? So I learned the hard way that you got to wear them. Um, you, you know, there I did have I for a while there way back in the in the early 2000s, I did just keep them dead stock. They call DS dead stock and you don't wear them. And, you know, you always like, OK, do I undead stock them? I wear them or not. So I had a pair of metallic black Air Jordan 5s that I bought back in 2000, I think, when they re-released. The, those those were I never had a pair of the black fives and I'm like those are awesome and I'm like I can't I can't wear them they're they're for me just to say hey aren't these amazing right a couple years back I opened them up and they disintegrated like the foams on the bottom just completely disintegrated and so I didn't have a pair of shoes and I kind of learned that you need to wear them you, you just you, you need you need to you need to wear me if you're gonna if you're gonna get them you have to wear them so i i i, I on ds all mine i wear all mine okay okay yeah i always wondered about that because if i'm guessing if you're not going to sell them right if they're yours and you're not planning to you know put them back on the market then you should probably not wear them yeah right yeah 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 exactly exactly you, you know okay. you, you treat them like a commodity would right right Okay. Yeah, and in fact, if you if you take a look at, I know Complex has another show, Sneaker Shopping, where they take um, celebrities and they talk yeah, about I've their careers that. and stuff like that, and then they 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 have them go out and and buy stuff. And I love the M- MKBHD one because he's just like, oh god, I'm spending all this money on you. <laughs> you know, he's doing the, <laughs> the mental calculations, right? And uh, so they're they're going out there and they're in, in a sneaker shop, but the, at the place that they go. They have heat wrapped the shoe. So on the shoe on display is covered in plastic. So and, and that's so the air doesn't get at them because or and they don't get dirty as people touch them and things like that. So some people actually do that. Some people actually heat wrap their shoes 
So, you know, because some, some of them yellow, you know, or and they disintegrate like mine did, you know, and they, right. they do it to protect them. But then you want to be seen with them out, right? Unless you're going to take people to your closet and say, oh, look at all my kicks. You know, <laughs> it's like, and some people do. Some people do. But you got to be I, on like I, Miami I, Cribs or something and have yeah, everyone need, come through and see your closet. I need to wear them. I need to wear them. Yeah, I don't think I've ever spent. I'm trying to think what's what shoe was I like super excited about. Um, like what what's the first shoe that really like got me? And I remember I remember growing up at home, like we never had Jordans. You know what I mean? Right. It was one right. of those things where you had to like fly to the United States to buy them and come back. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a thing that we Not had. Not even a like a, a larger island like Jamaica or anything. I mean, I guess you could, but like, you know, most people, when they go on a plane, they're not going yeah. to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we're going to go somewhere. We're not going to like, yeah. you know, go across yeah. the street. Yeah. We got to go to Miami because that's where as much stuff is. Right. And, um, and obviously like, you know, over time, you know, there's, there's more stuff now, but like when I was really young, um, you know, if you wanted to buy like Levi's or anything like that, right. Like back right. when Levi's was like a commodity, you know, I mean, like you had to leave and like come back and, you know, get your stuff. <laughs> And I think the first, I don't think I got my first pair of Jordans until I was in college. Really? Wow. I did not. I didn't get my first pair of Jordans until I was in college. And then I had, you know, I was, you know, I had a little side job. I was making some side money. And I was like, uh, we went to Orlando. We're in Orlando at some, one of the discount stores, one of those you know, yep. outlets. Yeah. And I saw a pair of Jordans and it was on sale. And I was like, yes, I'm getting them. That's it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and to this day, I have not worn them. Oh, I, really? I, I, I still have them in the box, <laughs> in the wrap. They're in the closet. And I have not worn them yet. I think they were a pair of Team Jordans. So it wasn't even like. Okay. Yeah. 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 It wasn't like. OGs. It wasn't even like. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, for me, men, like psychologically speaking, yeah. I'm like these yeah, are the yeah, first yeah. pair of Jordans that I bought. Like I'm, I'm gonna like keep them. You know, yo, they're <laughs> they're Jays, they're Jays. It's all right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I can't just have them in a the closet. <coughs> and you know, a lot of you know the most desirable Jays, they're not even you know mainline, right? They're done by all these other brands like Off White and yeah, Cactus Jack and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, yeah, exactly. 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 But other than that, man, what's been going on, man? What's you up to? Uh, 